Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome sports fans, my name is J.K. Zuski. you can call me Jake Iggy or Iggy for short, and this is Iggy's Sports Talk. So, it's another week with no sports going on, and I feel like I just keep on saying the same thing over and over again each week that I do this podcast. I'm sorry if you are watching, or I'm sorry, listening to multiple podcasts in a row, and you hear me saying the same exact thing, but I am just dying and waiting for sports to come back. And I understand COVID's still kind of going on, and everybody's still very scared about bringing sports back. But more than ever, I believe that America needs sports, and mostly baseball. America's sport, America's national pastime, needs to come back. And I cannot wait for things to start rolling out and for plans to actually starting to be implemented. Uh, and luckily, Rob Manfred said today, while I'm recording this, that Major League Baseball is 100% having a season in 2020. And if the Major League Association, Players Association, and the MLB don't agree, that Rob Manfred is going to implement a shorter season, probably like 50 games or something like that. But I hope everybody has been staying safe, positive. It's been a very stressful time in America over this last week. And I don't like to get too political on this podcast. It's mainly an entertainment, fun sports podcast where we mainly talk about sports. But I feel like sports has kind of been at the forefront of a lot of this racial stuff as well. And I just wanted to sort of say the message of, in my opinion, everybody was created equal. Everybody should have the same exact rights. In my opinion, we all are red inside. It doesn't matter if you're black, yellow, if you have stripes on on, on your skin. It, it really does not matter. Everybody has a heart. Everybody's human. And... I think that there just needs to be a change in the system, and I don't think that I'm the only person who believes that. So after we get off that subject, I wanted to get into a little bit of a lighter subject where we're able to talk about a funny sort of situation that happened to the guest that I am having on today. So his name is Darren Georgia, and he got viral last year from, in my opinion, and a lot of people might agree with me, but 50 Cent has this pretty well uh, up there with the worst first pitch ever. And Darren Georgia got hit by a baseball as a photographer by the woman, Mary Ruich, who threw the first pitch. She was a White Sox employee, and she won the Employee of the Month. And she threw out the first pitch, didn't have any warm-up pitches or anything, and hit Darren right in the camera. Let's watch a video of that real quick. So what did you guys think? That I mean, in my opinion, that that was nuts. I, I mean, it's something where if you're watching the video portion of this, and just for everybody that listens to the podcast on a regular, I am going to start recording video portions of each podcast. So you can go over to my YouTube. It's Jake Iggy. And if you want the link, you can either search it into the URL box on your Internet Explorer or Google Chrome, or you can go onto my Instagram, which is Iggy's Sports Talk, and I am going to have all the links right on there. But if you want to watch the video portion of it as well, you can go over to YouTube and watch that. But definitely, if you're listening to the audio portion, 
go and watch that video because it is it is hilarious and it's something where you're like did that just happen like did the ball just come out sideways out of her hand and we're gonna hear all about darren's experience through going viral and he's also going to explain that situation a little bit better but i'm also going to ask him about how at a young age he was able to get involved with the mlb and also the nhl as a photographer and i'm also going to have him explain not only how difficult it's been to be a photographer during COVID 19 but how he was able to get his photos out there and get them noticed to become a very world a, a very good photographer and very well-known photographer and somebody who has become very successful over the last few years in professional sports photography. So let's go and listen to the interview that I had with Darren. So today, guys, I have a very special guest on with me. His name is Darren Georgia. He's a Chicago-based photographer. He works for the Chicago Bears and also the Chicago White Sox. And if you want to go over and look at any of Darren's work, you can go over to DarrenGeorgiaPhotography.com. So how's it going, Darren? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So I'm just curious, like as a photographer, how has it been during this whole pandemic and what has been your experience like? Uh, well, it's obviously a, an unsure time for a lot of photographers um, and just people in the creative industry. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who are losing jobs because of it. Um, so it's it's a difficult time for a lot of people, but it's, you know, it's all about perspective and, you know, not uh, letting it defeat you, finding new opportunities, trying to stay creative, stay active in the community um, and just doing anything you can to really push forward. Right. And I, I mean, especially with COVID and everything, everybody obviously wants to stay the six feet apart. And so like, have people been weird about like being willing to shoot with you or just in general being wanting to be around you? Cause you're mainly in Chicago. So like for me, I, I'm, I'm in rural uh, New Hampshire where I don't really have to be around too, too many people, but with you close to the city and stuff, have people been sort of weird? It depends. I mean, I know that there's a lot of photographers out there, looking for work. And I think work is still available. There's definitely ways that you can still safely go about, um, you know, the work, there's longer lenses, if you need it, there's different spaces. And I think as long as you're being safe and smart about it, there's still people who are in need of photography services. Um, so I definitely think there's ways around it. As long as you're creative and smart, then why not? You know, people need to work and people need creative services. So um, just really expanding upon that and making sure that you're following the latest guidelines and everything. So, right. Yeah, that makes sense. And it, it's kind of funny because I have a good friend who just started a photography business and he decided to do like family portraits where he would have people sit on their front steps. And he's like, listen, I'm going to stand at the back of the grass or where your driveway is so we can be all safe. Uh, but it was something where I felt really bad for him because, because he just started this business and he's like, shoot, nobody's going to want to be around me and that sort of stuff. Uh, but with all this stuff going on, like what hobbies have you been able to pick up and sort of what have you been able to do to, you know, fill in your time? It's a great question. I mean, obviously I have a lot more free time during baseball season. There's really not much time um, working just about every day. Um, so this is really the first summer in a while where I've had time to really kind of ponder this, especially since there's not a lot of stuff open here. Um, so continuing to shoot where I can, um, trying to pick up new skills. Obviously, being a photographer, it's mainly still images, but video is becoming a very prevalent um, 
thing. And if you're somebody who can do both photo and video, that looks good to a lot of companies. So really trying to brush up my skill set in that area. Um, uh, And also just doing some writing, uh, working on a few different projects just to kind of, it's just another creative outlet, whether it becomes something or not. I don't, you know, really care if it does or not, but it's something that's just another creative outlet to really kind of address the situations that are going on and um, kind of tell my story as well. Right. And, and looking at your website, you know, you don't only do sports photography, like some of the landscape pictures that I saw you did, some of the, some of the city pictures that you did were just like unreal. And it's something where I, I used to fiddle around and see if I could get like cool landscape pictures with like sunsets and that sort of stuff. But some of the focus uh, still films that you were able to get, like j- just some like the splashes in the water. I was like, holy crap. Like, like that takes a lot of experience to be able to, you know, get those sort of incredible pictures. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, photography started as a hobby for me. Uh, when I moved to Chicago, it was just straight up on my iPhone. And then as I um, shot more and photographed more, you know, you realize that Instagram, this was kind of right around when Instagram really started becoming a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's, I would say that there is a difference between Instagram photographers and actual photographers. Everybody has a camera at their disposal now. So really trying to set out and figure out what makes you different. Um, it's tough to do. I mean, there was a long time where I was looking up to a lot of the photographers of, you know, trying to copy their style, trying to take a similar shot as theirs, um, as inspiration, not necessarily to try and steal their creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and from there, you know, it's all self-taught. I eventually got like a small, you know, uh, point and shoot camera. Then it went into DSLR. Uh, and then just through various networking opportunities and hard work, I found myself in the career that I'm in now. So, yeah, that must have been like a, an incredible sort of roller coaster for you because me, me myself, I, I'm going to my senior year of college and, and my goal is to be a sports reporter. And that's something that I've heard from absolutely everybody is all you got to do is find a way to differentiate yourself. You know, everybody's trying to do the same thing you are. So do everything you can to not only, you know, don't try and reinvent everything. You know what I mean? So, sort of what you talked about, like not trying to copy what they did or, or the people that you aspire of just taking some of the stuff that you like that they do and make it your own and be creative with within that sort of stuff. And so, especially with photography, it's something where I was curious if you had a tough time uh, finding a way to get your photos noticed and sort of, you know, um, you know, like from a broad perspective, like get get them noticed on Instagram and that sort of stuff, just compared to other people's. It's hard. I mean, you go through trial and error and you learn a lot. I mean, obviously, I feel like a lot of photographers do this. I did it myself where, you know, you kind of go through the obnoxious tagging everybody, a million hashtags, doing what you got to do to get your work in front of different audiences. Mm -hmm. Obviously there's big accounts that feature different photos. Um, And, you know, at a certain point you come to realize that it's not necessarily about the, the likes and getting your work in front of people. Obviously if your work is good, it's going to speak for itself and it's going to get noticed. So it's, it's really, and I think for, our generation and younger, it's really easy to get caught up in um, the likes, the follows, the social media aspect of it. Like that's all they want is the attention from it, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but in order to really stand out, you just have to have good work. Everybody can get a good quality camera, even on your iPhones, take good quality pictures now. So what are you going to do to kind of find your voice and set yourself apart from everybody else? I mean, um, like I said, I just, if it was a message that I could give is 
as easy as it is to get caught up in the likes and the comments and the social aspect of it, if you really want to make something of it, you're going to have to work a little harder and focus on different aspects as well. That makes sense. I, I, I mean, I feel like everybody gets so caught up in the likes and comments and, and just uh, how many people are viewing your content. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's something I, where, right. I got caught up in that myself. I was the right. same way. I would be hypocritical of me to preach that without having gone through it. I mean, I was the exact same way. I mean, I think it's great that Instagram took off the likes so you don't have to, because I would always get so anxious. Oh, shoot. I only, on this post, I got 30 likes on, you know, compared to like 15 that I just got, did I do something wrong? And it it could just be the algorithm isn't working right, or you did, or you posted at a different time or something like that. But I, I feel like with any aspect of a, any aspect of like, a desired job or something that you're really shooting for that you put on social media, sort of talking about what you said is, is, is all about just getting the experience and getting better each time and to not focus on solely the views, the likes, how many people are looking at it, but the, what, what, how you're growing and sort of looking at it in that sense of, of, of the way. But I mean, you were really able to, get get your career off the ground uh in in 20 in the mar in march of 2017 and, and you were able to get hired by major league baseball as a live content creator and i was curious how were you able to get that opportunity it was through networking i mean in chicago there's a great network of photographers here and there's our tourism board used to have this um influencer program uh which to the point of social media, like as much as I just like to discredit the likes and comments, social media is a great way to get your work noticed. I mean, mm -hmm. social media is the reason that I have my career today. I didn't go to school for it. You know, I didn't, you know, didn't just randomly apply. It was just through networking and opportunities. And so through this tourism board, uh, they were partnered with the White Sox where, you know, you get uh, a credential and two tickets to the game. You go do your thing. They want to see your creativity. And if they like it, they'll use you on your social media and tag you and credit you, uh, which is, I think is a great opportunity because, you know, the White Sox are a great organization and this was a kind of a great um, opportunity for a lot of people. Um, and I understand that's not doable for every sports team possible, but it was a great way to kind of um, liven up their Instagram, you know, it's because everybody was still figuring out Instagram and stuff. And so right. I, I enjoyed that so much. I signed up for, you know, as many games as I could, went to as many as I could. Um, and then eventually I actually moved back to Colorado just cause I wasn't sure where I was going with it. Um, and then the person who had the job before me had to leave. And so they asked if I was interested in doing it. I applied and got the job and it's, I think it's been, yeah, four years now with MLB. So that's pretty cool. And, and I'm just curious, like what team did you grow up like really, really looking up to or, or rooting for uh, as a kid? That's funny. I grew up in Colorado. I did like the Rockies, but I was a big Cardinals fan. Albert Pujols That's was my favorite player. That is very interesting. I get a lot of sly comments from that. Um, but I, I mean, would how say... How can you beat it? That's with with Jim Edmonds, with Scott Rowland. You know, they I were mean, a great team, yeah. I have, MVP, I have MVP 2005. I always play as the Cardinals. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, they were a great team. And so it was mainly Pujols was the reason. I mean, he was just a great player to look up to as a kid. Yeah. Uh, and then, I mean, just last year I was in St. Louis for his return, covering his return to St. Louis. And that was like, I mean, that was my childhood dream come true. Never in a million years did I think I would be standing next to somebody I grew up idolizing. Um, so, I mean, that's what this opportunity has provided great experiences like that for me. Um, 
I will say though, now I do have my allegiance to my Chicago teams. I am a big White Sox fan. Um, you know, working with the Cubs has also been great. Their team is just fantastic to work for. I think working in baseball makes you realize that there's really, it's hard to hate on teams. You know, there's people who are very passionate about teams that they hate, but I, I just am in love with the sport. I will live and die by the sport. So, uh, you know, it's an honor that I get to even cover it. So, yeah, that, that must be like, especially being able to be next to our pool host at, at, in, in like, just like going, going back in time of like, wow, like I idolize this guy. I mean, I mean, it's something where that's like the main reason why this is like my dream is, is to work in sports is to have those sort of experiences and to be closer to the sport. Um, because I, I grew up playing baseball and I, I was never the best. But I, I always wanted to be Same a major here. league baseball player, and and so any way or shape or form that I'd be able to get close to the game um, is a win for me. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. But if you if you look behind me, I'm a big Red Sox fan. Um, but e- even even just in the sense of the Yankees, I mean, when when I'm a fan watching the game, obviously, like I'm a Yankee hater. But like when I when I'm like a reporter, like I. I just think about like with all the injuries that the Yankees have, how are they going to be this year? Is Garrett Cole going to be like the same guy that was, you know what I mean? I, I, I just try and like look at it from like an MLB bias and sort of take that hatred out of it. But I mean, especially as a photographer, like you sort of have to find creative ways to show each team. And especially with like the Cubs and, and the White Sox, they're t- when, when you were able to shoot them, they were two up and coming teams, young teams where, where they were really exciting. And so I'm curious on, on what, what sort of ways uh, did you find fun being able to uh, sh- show those different sides of those teams? Well, I mean, I think I've come to realize that shooting sports, it's not my job to like get excited um, and play favorites or that sort of thing. Um, it is easy to get caught up in the moment. I will say that there's obviously times that, you know, you do get excited and that's good. I think that's good to have because that means you're passionate about what you're doing but there's a way to do it about, you know, being professional. You're respecting the player. The players are people too. They don't want to be bothered, you know, just because you're a fan of them doesn't make, give you the right to just shove your camera in their face and be like, Oh, I need their picture. Exactly. So it's about learning boundaries and limits um, with all of that. But I would say that, you know, each team, they tell their stories differently. They are different on social media. Each team has their own strategies, their own plans. And so you really want to try and cater to that. You also want to tell a story. I mean, the great thing about working in sports is that it's such an unpredictable thing to cover. You don't know what's going to happen. It could be the first time something like this ever happens. It could be the last time. It could be, you know, another great moment in history that you're witnessing firsthand. So to be able to tell that story, I think that's what drives my love for sports photography. I mean, when I was starting in photography, I didn't know where I was going to go with it. I just thought it was going to be a hobby to pick up. Mm -hmm. Um, but sports is such a unique opportunity that I think brings a lot of people together. And so being able to tell that story and capture things that may never happen again is something that's exciting to me. Yeah, definitely. And, and something where like, especially thinking about the whole job of like sports photography, I, I was, I was curious just like mainly for, from the MLB side, cause I know that you've also worked in the NFL as well, but just like mainly on the MLB side, like what is sort of like, a normal day for like a photographer uh, in the MLB, because I know obviously with like players, they show up, they, they get ready for the game and that sort of stuff. And you can say the same thing for the broadcasters, but like, I'm just curious, like, like, do you get there early? Do you get there usually when the players get there? Do you take pictures during warmups? Like sort of, how does your day go? 
I mean, it really depends. Um, it's a long season. So if you're covering a lot of games, it can be a lot, but if you're like me, I mean, I just, I love being at the ballpark. So I'm always there three, four hours early. Um, you know, you want to get there before BP starts, get everything set up, make sure that you're good, that you have everything, batteries are charged, um, memory cards, all that stuff. I'd say, um, you know, given on who you're working for and all that, it's going to differ. But for me, getting there early, whether I have to cover BP or not, I just like it because A, it gives me a chance to get my warm up in, so to speak, um, take pictures of them warming up, kind of get into the routine of like, you know, them fielding ground balls, them hitting. It sounds dumb, but like, you know, A, I just love it. B, it helps you get mentally prepared for the game as well. Um, And BP is just a great time to kind of watch the players be themselves. I mean, there's hardly any fans in the stadium, if at all. Um, You're really seeing the players be their true selves, which I think is great. And capturing that out of respect of like, I'm not, taking pictures of every single thing they do. But if I find something inspiring, then of course I want to capture it uh, because we're also developing content for the players themselves. You know, we want, or at least me personally, you want to give them something that they can appreciate and share as well. Right. And I'm, I'm just curious, especially being able to be around all these different teams and, and there's been, um, you've spent a lot of time just specifically with the White Sox, but like, being around all these different players, like have you have you been able to like make any sort of relationships or or like you know, um, yeah, have you been have you been able to make any sort of relationships with any of the players or any of the coaches or something? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say like you know, I'm out there trying to become best friends with the players. Like they know me because you know I'm there a lot, mm-hmm. um, and you know, obviously the story with the first pitch that kind of brought a lot of attention, but. I get that. I get that question asked a lot. And it's, it's a weird question because, you know, obviously everybody who sees me in this position automatically will assume that I'm friends with the players. They're all great guys. I love Mm -hmm. being around them. I think that it's fun just to see them be themselves and realize that they are actual human beings Mm -hmm. and that I'm not there to just shove my camera in their face, you know, being respectful of their space, not running up to them every time I see them. Um, It's just a thing that I'm grateful to be there. You don't want to do anything to like ruin that experience and you don't want to do anything that will upset them. Um, My job is to tell the story and I'm there for that. If a player says, hi, if, you know, they ask how you're doing, of course I'm going to respond. But out of, you know, I think that's a thing that might, you know, a lot of young people wanting to be sports photographers, they get really excited. I used to be really excited and try and get the best players and all this stuff, but they're just people. It's, I guess that's my main message from that, but um, both teams are our great guys. They're just, they're guys being guys. They're doing what they love. I'm doing what my love. So, yeah. um, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I mean, especially with like be wanting to be professional, you don't want there to be any sort of player getting uncomfortable or, or, or anything like that. And, and you, like you said, you, you just want to get them in what in their personality so if you're distracting them in in any way you're not able to get like their their true self and and sort of just um just take a picture of their abstract like moves and like that sort of stuff because i actually i saw saw one of the pictures of uh of yohan mancada of him like pointing like that and i I was like oh that that must have been really cool yeah i mean it's great when they're comfortable around you and if you're pointing your camera at everything that they're doing they're not going to be comfortable around you because they want to have some private aspects of their life too 
who mm-hmm. am I to judge what that is? Right. You know, being around them, you get to know kind of their personalities and you see when they're in a good mood and you can take advantage of those opportunities. And, you know, maybe there are opportunities where it's, I don't want to say uncomfortable, but if, you know, they're upset about a loss or something like that, it is our job to capture that stuff, but in a respectful way, I would hope um, from everything I've learned. Um, just being respectful is the main thing. Right. Don't be annoying. Don't be a dick. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, especially after a loss, I, I think if like, just, I remember how upset I would get after a baseball game. If somebody shoved a camera in my face, I'd, I'd, I would, I would think about it for, or maybe not even in the moment I would try, I would just hit it and not even think about how much that camera cost. I would just be so upset. But like at the same time, like, like you said, you just got to be respectful. Um, yeah. But you said that you were able to like witness the game where Pujols went back to St. Louis. But I was just wondering, was there any games where you were able to witness some incredible moments where like after the game, you were like, wow, I was there for that. I mean, for me, every, the most exciting games are walk-offs. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's exciting, but at the same time, you're like, man, I hope this doesn't drag on until four in the morning at an extra inning game or whatever, which obviously now I would kill for an extra getting inning game until four in the morning. But um, (laughs) there's nothing exciting about, or nothing more exciting than a do or die moment, right? Like this is it. You got two outs. There's a runner on second. You could end the game here. Um, Gatorade splashes are always fun. Uh, I'm as far as specific moments. I mean, getting to see Jose Abreu do the cycle, um, you know, covering some playoff games, those are, those atmospheres are just absolutely ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would say each one, ha- each game has special memories, even if it's a dull game where there's really not much going on. Um, those games are easy to just kind of take back and at least appreciate where you're at and what you're doing. That makes sense. Yeah. it's It's been like, really tough for me to not have anything competitive going on. I, I even found myself like two weeks ago watching a Korean baseball game. I'm like, what is happening right now? But I needed something competitive. And I, I saw like a first pitch strike and I was like, Oh my God, he threw a strike. And I'm like, and in any other, in any other day that baseball would be going on, it would just look like a regular pitch to me. But I'm just wondering like, how's your experience been through all these negotiations and like, have they been keeping you updated and stuff? And have you been like watching as closely as, as I guess most MLB fans are just hoping that one of the proposals will actually be accepted? Yeah. I mean, obviously the hope is to get back as soon as possible. I don't know anything, unfortunately, you know, I'm, and even if I did, I probably wouldn't be allowed to comment on it. Um, look, I get, and it's not really my place. Obviously there's two sides to every story. Everybody wants to get baseball back as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, in my mind, there's a lot more pressing stuff going on right now. As much as I want baseball to come back, I'm, you know, I think everybody just wants to rush back. Obviously, everybody wants baseball back, but, you know, everything has a time, everything has a purpose. So when it's when it's back, I'm ready and I'll be there. And until then, do whatever I can to continue my craft and my continuing my work, um, whether it's portrait photography, wedding photography, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when sports comes back, I'll welcome it with open arms and, um, go from there. Exactly. I, I think, I think right now in America, ba- baseball is much, much needed. Pe- people need, people need something to root for. People need something to get excited about. Um, and l- lucky for you, I guess, lucky for all, all MLB fans, uh, 
I don't know if this means too much, but Rob Manfred said that it's a 100% chance that the MLB is coming back on SportsCenter this afternoon. Uh, so that made me happy at least. Um, it's, it's hopeful. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. definitely optimistic. I'm an optimistic person. And obviously I want, would love for baseball to come back. So we'll see what happens. You know, if for whatever reason it doesn't, yes, it's upsetting, but um, you know, I would say just be optimistic and have faith and eventually baseball is going to come back whenever that may be. We've got Korean baseball. There's other sports that'll hopefully come back. And mm-hmm. um, it's, t- yeah. So I, I really don't want to comment too much just cause I don't, it's not really I'm my gonna... place to say anything. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on uh, with that situation with money and that sort of stuff. And, and I, 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 obviously I I really appreciate everything you've already said about the subject and and it's something where it's just, it's just a very confusing sort of situation. And especially with everything that's going on with COVID, you just want to make sure not only the players, but everybody that is within the sport is, is as safe as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, I was just curious as well, like you were able to get an opportunity with the NFL. So you mm-hmm. were able to work for both leagues. And so like, I was curious, like, were you like a big fan uh, gr- growing up? So since, since you grew up in Denver or uh, Colorado, were you a big uh, Denver Broncos fan? I was, yeah, still am big Broncos fan, but uh, the Bears are also a team that has my heart as well. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to work one season with the NFL, which was great. Um, the Bears social team enjoyed working with me and eventually just uh, offered to hire me just to cover stuff for the Bears, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, covering two teams is great, but uh, it's a lot easier to focus on one team and get the best content possible when it's just the one team. Um, and the Bears are a great organization. They're a fun team. Um, and football is another great sport. I mean, I would say baseball is my obviously favorite sport, but uh, working NFL games is unlike anything I've ever experienced. So, why is that? I mean, the crowds. It's just it can get so loud. Regardless of how the team is going, no matter where you're at, uh, the crowds get so loud. And there's, I think, my first season, you know, Bears are making a playoff run. That stadium was so loud that I couldn't hear myself talk at a normal volume. And that is a sound unlike anything else like I've ever were, heard. Were you there during that during that playoff game? That must I was. Been. I was. It was a very heartbreaking moment, I think, for a lot of people in Chicago. Right. Um, but I, it's sports. I mean, I don't. Exactly. It's. I think that's what makes them so exciting is they will either make you jump for joy or break your heart. Exactly. I, uh, I, I felt so bad for the kicker uh, during that game. But I mean, I completely agree with you with the whole sort of, you know, with sports, I, I think sports is un, unlike anything else. And it's something where a lot of people don't really understand why I get so emotional sometimes with sports, because I, I can remember just back a few months, uh, there was a game where Paul Goldschmidt, he went back to the, uh, he went back to the Arizona on the Diamondbacks and he just like tipped his cap and you could see he was getting all choked up and I got choked up myself because I just remember watching him like starting off with the Diamondbacks and, and it's just like the whole emotion of like the standing ovation you wouldn't think you would just look at it so plain view of what people are clapping for him but like with the emotion of like the city the fans and and just like all the adrenaline like it's it's, it's something like in my opinion like nothing else um but especially with the nfl like with no fans it's going to be crazy this next season and i I, th- I thought about it like especially when they do the flyover on on sunday night football or like during any game it's just going to be all empty it's going it's going to be so weird yeah i mean i think regardless of how and when sports comes back obviously if they come back with no fans, when they come back with no fans, 
it's still going to be a very emotional thing for a lot of people. Um, but as soon as fans are welcome back, I think that's going to be uh, an experience where every stadium is going to be just about sold out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be a very emotional time for a lot of people. And I'm, I mean, I get emotional thinking about it. Like I miss that atmosphere so much. And, you know, when you're covering baseball that has hundred and some odd games a year, it can get exhausting where you're like, all right, another game. Uh, but definitely we'll never take that for granted again. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I was just curious, like you, you always see like, especially in NFL games, I, I guess it only happens like in the end zone and like that sort of stuff, but you see like photographers get like bulldozed over like during like a big play. Have you had any like players get close to almost like tackling you? Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen any recently where, you know, somebody actually gets hit. Um, but I mean, it's a lot of, you, you just have to be really aware of your surroundings. Um, Cause yeah, I don't think I would survive a hit by a 300 pound lineman on the sidelines. Especially like Khalil Mack or something like that, just like bulldozes into you and oh, sh- shoot. Sorry. I can't make it to the next few games. I got a hurt leg or something like that. <laughs> Definitely. But yeah, it's, I think it comes with the job, you know, you just have to be aware and, um, sort of that. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and so you, so you touched on this a little bit earlier in the podcast, uh, but something happened where you became a little bit famous. Uh, it was, it was back in 2019. It was, it was May 28th and there was a white Sox employee. Her name was Mary Ruich and she was rewarded with throwing the first pitch for winning the employee of the month. And there was a moment where she threw it and the ball went right towards your camera and hit your lens. And it was just a flashback of the 50 cent first pitch throw. And a lot of people have been saying, oh, that's the worst first pitch that we've ever seen. Uh, but I, w- I was curious, just how many, how many times uh, did, did people ask you uh, if, sh- if she broke your camera after, after that whole incident? I mean, it was crazy. It was kind of a whirlwind of uh, 24 hours. Um, it was just a normal day. We were a doubleheader. And the reason that... I think a lot of people don't understand is that was in between two games. And so we had to get the second game started. We were on a time crunch. They didn't, you know, she showed up to the stadium that day, not knowing she was even going to throw out a first pitch. Um, And there's a lot of pressure thrown out the first pitch. I mean, I've seen hundreds of first pitches thrown. It's, it's a lot of pressure. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, right before, you know, they're telling her go on, throw the pitch, come off the field because we do have to get the next game started. Um, and I was already pretty out of it, pretty tired already. So I didn't even know what happened when it happened. I was just like, oh, that was weird. You know, <laughs> go get the picture and get off the field. And my boss, the team photographer for the White Sox, he was like, that's going to that's gonna go viral. And I was like, no. It, I was like, I don't think anybody really saw it. Um, and then, yeah, everybody was asking if the camera was broken. Um, it was weird. I mean, obviously, I, I didn't see it coming, but right. – um, luckily the camera survived. I think the fra- the flash broke, um, but that was just a minor repair. So, and how many pictures were you able to get during like that whole pitch? It's just the one. I mean, we go out cause it's, it's a, it's supposed to be like a, a memorable item for them. So, mm-hmm. you know, we go out, make sure the lighting's and you're just, our goal is to get one shot for them to remember it by. Right. Um, so yeah, a lot of people expected to have a photo of the ball coming right at the camera, but unfortunately I was just taking the one shot uh, right before she released it. That makes sense. I, I, I was curious, like 
because like all, all I thought about is, wow, he he must have been like kind of mad that like that happened. Like, was that was that another big question that you got? Like, were you mad that she threw it? Oh, not at all. I right mean, <laughs> Mary is one of the nicest ladies I've met. I mean, she's very sweet. She brought me a cake and cookies the next day. That's awesome. Um, you know, she didn't. She had no malintent behind it. There was no, you know wasn't like she was out to get me or anything. She's a great person and she won employee of the month for a reason. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was just one of those funny situations. It's, you can't get mad at it. If you get exactly. mad at it, you just, you know, why well, I, it's, I don't know. I don't think it's anything to get mad over. It was a funny moment and I'm glad it brings a smile to a lot of people's faces. I still laugh at it every time I see it. So I mean, it's something where I saw the video. I was like, holy crap. And then, and then I, sh- I remember I showed my mom. She's like, how did the ball go that way? <laughs> a lot of people had that question. Um, you know, I, I don't know either. But obviously, clearly, I wasn't expecting it. That had never happened before. Right. And so, like, you said that she gave you a cake after. I, I, I was curious, like, what were you, was that a big surprise to you? Like, did she bring in? Were you like, wow, I wasn't expecting that? Yeah. I mean, and obviously, she didn't have to do it either. Right. I think she felt bad because obviously if you see on the video, she just runs off after it happens and people were like, I can't believe she didn't check up on you. That sort of thing. Like I said, we were being rushed off the field. I also was fine. I was okay. There was no need to check up on me. So, um, but it was, I mean, it was a wild, unlike anything I've ever experienced before going viral is something I don't think I've foreseen. (laughs) And so what, so like, what was the reaction? And like, like you said, it was a crazy 24 hours, but like, during like that whole week after it where there like people texting you like like friends of friends being like wow i saw you on tv like how how did that like all sort of roll out yeah i mean obviously the text started rolling in as soon as the video was out there um at first when it first happened it was text from people who were in the park and you know co-workers Mm -hmm. who saw it um and word travels very quickly after that i mean as soon as it's out there it goes everywhere so um, a lot of interview requests and stuff, but we, we did hold a press conference the next day, just talking about it. Um, it was wild. I, I've never experienced anything like it. That's And, and that's awesome. And like, I, I'm curious, like over like the year or so, like how has it been brought up to you a lot and how has it like kind of changed like your career in any way, shape or form? I mean, I wouldn't say that it's, you know, I'm all of a sudden this world renowned photographer by any means, but you know, people know me as that guy, <laughs> you know, it's not like a, Oh my God, you're Darren Georgia. It's not like that level of fame at all. It's a viral video. Um, okay. It's definitely weird. And it's, it's funny. Cause like, it's something that I'll be able to look back on forever. And it is funny to think about that. That'll probably be played for many years to come, uh, which I think is great. I think it's something that's going to make people laugh whenever they see it. And that's all I can ask for in that situation. Exactly. And, and it, I, like I said, I, I saw it everywhere dur- during the uh, one, one year anniversary. And when it, when it came back, like on, on social media, like what was sort of your reaction, like of sort of like the response after one year later, was it, was it something similar to when it happened a year ago? Yeah. I mean, not nearly the volume as when it first happened, but mm-hmm. it was just funny to see all these different accounts posting about it and talking about it. And, um, you know, I didn't even realize that it had been a year uh, since it had happened. Um, but it was fun. I mean, it just, it made me laugh. It made a lot of people laugh. Um, a lot of people reached out tagging me in it and stuff like that, but it was, it was funny. I enjoyed it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It must've been really, this whole thing must've been like a really cool experience in something where it, it was, it was like a moment where 
it was just like a regular day for you and then snap of a finger like uh, you become viral like that yeah. i think that's something for for everybody who's like a millennial or you know below 30 who like understands social media like that's one of their dreams is to go viral um and, and that must have been like a really cool experience for you uh but with everything that we've kind of talked about like hopefully things can start rolling for sports to be coming back but i'm, I'm curious what are you looking forward to in the next upcoming season uh for the bears and also the white Sox? Um, it's a good question. Honestly, I'm just excited for them to come back, you know, regardless of outcome. I mean, these teams are very passionate about what they do. Everybody is, everybody wants to win, but I think for me, what I'm looking forward to most is just being back at the stadiums and being able to cover and tell stories again and really, you know, bring some goodness back into the world and give something people to look forward to. Um, but yeah, I just, I can't wait for the, you know, to be back in the stadiums. Seriously, the, the, even without fans, the atmosphere is just going to be incredible, in my opinion. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to hear about and, and just like how everybody's going to be the first day back. Because, you know, there was spring training and everything, but from the podcast I've been hearing from all the players, they're like, we left in March and I can't even believe that it's June right now. And I'm still in my house with my family right now. And it is something where it's, it's, it's been a shock for everybody. I, I, for me, my entire junior year got thrown in the trash with COVID. Thank God I'm, I'm not a senior, but at the same time, like it, it's, it's crazy how everybody's life sort of blew up. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a strange year. It's a strange time, but you know, the way I've been looking at it about it, you know, looking at it is we're all going through this together. It's not, mm -hmm. you're alone in this. Everybody's kind of experiencing the same thing. Um, and we got to get through it together. I mean, no matter who you root for, no matter your team affiliation, I think we're stronger as a human race getting through it together. And um, I think when they do come back, it'll be a very exciting thing for a lot of people. And I myself obviously cannot wait. And when it does, it'll, like you said, it'll be a very special, special time. Absolutely. Well, it's June right now. So hopefully the next six months of 2020 will, will be the best yet. Uh, and I, I really appreciate you coming on the show today, Darren. And, and if everybody wants to go over and check out Darren's website, again, it's DarrenGeorgiaPhotography.com. You can also check out his Instagram as well. It's Darren Georgia. Thanks so much for coming on today, Darren. Thank you again for having me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.